not perish, but have eternal life. And hello, everyone, and welcome to our program, The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy Edition. I'm Vic Batista, along with my co-host, Nathan Jones, where we're Lamb, Lion, Ministry. And it's a pleasure to be here with you for today's program. We have a great program prepared for you today as we're going to be talking about the mighty sword of God in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 21. So I want you to stay tuned and share this program with your friends and family so that they can follow along uh, with us. But before we continue, I'm going to welcome my co-host, Nathan Jones, and ask him if he could open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, again, we thank you so much for uh, those who tuned in this week to listen to The Truth Will Set You Free. Uh, Lord, we believe that title has importance. It, it really means something. Your truth will set us free from our sins and death. And we pray that everybody tuned in will hear and connect to that message and know you as Savior. Thank you, Jesus, in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Again, turn into the truth will set you free. Bible prophecy edition, Vic Batista, Nathan Jones. The title for the program is The Mighty Sword of God. So we ask that you stay tuned to today's program. But before we continue, I'm going to ask my co-host, Nathan Jones, how his week is doing. And you're welcome, Nathan. <laughs> uh, week's been doing good, brother. Uh, we here at Lamb and Lion Ministries have had an incredibly busy week of uh, shooting our TV show. Uh, folks who don't know Lamb and Lion Ministries, we're a Bible prophecy teaching ministry in our Mission is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ, and one of our biggest outreaches is our television show, Christ and Prophecy. So we brought uh, Pastor Dave Bowen from Phoenix to help us speak about the signs of the times, both as related to society and technology. And then we brought uh, Dr. Richard Hill in from Las Vegas. He's a Messianic Jewish uh, pastor, and he's got a ministry reaching out to Jewish people. And he helped us through eight episodes uh, that we recorded just yesterday and today about the Jewish feast. So, uh, folks, if you'd like to check our TV show out, of course, you can get on the major TV networks such as Daystar. But you can also find us on our Christ and Prophecy YouTube channel, our Lamb and Lion app, the Pray.com app, and many other venues. Uh, check us out, uh, lamblion.com or christandprophecy.org is our websites. And uh, we just... Uh, I think these shows are going to be great, though. It'll be a few months before they air uh, because we have other shows we've recorded ahead of time. We're about to just release our Convergence Conference uh, shows over the next three weeks. So check those out as well. So we're thankful you tuned in and glad you like our podcast. But uh, if you don't know our TV show, Christ in Prophecy, then we highly recommend check that out, too. Nathan, that is fantastic. And I'm surprised you still have a voice left for our program. Well, <laughs> If, if you notice, it's not the best, so uh, I'll try to keep it up as much as I can. <laughs> Sounds fantastic. And Nathan, of course, and also we want to encourage people that, that we can make ourselves available as well to go bless them if they have a conference or an event. They're more than welcome to reach out to the ministry. And uh, you have opportunities, Nathan, as well, to go all over the place, sharing different conferences and talking about different subject matters. Absolutely. But uh, I'm behind the eight ball when it comes to uh, both uh, bilingual and English and Spanish. And that's where Vic comes in. Right, Vic? Absolutely, Nathan. If anyone is in need of Spanish or English ministry, uh, that's what we're there to serve them. So I appreciate that. And, and that's why we're looking forward to this uh, wonderful new year, all the new opportunities uh, that will be before us. And also, Nathan, just all the resources for people to grab hold of and continue to learn about the soon return of the Lord. So we're excited for that. We are. We are. And uh, folks, I, by the time uh, we get this out, it depends on the venue, there's a new Left Behind movie that's coming out the weekend of the January 26th. As of our recording, we're a day before that, but uh, 
if we release this next week, it's a day after. So I hope whether you've heard it before or after uh, that you got a chance to check that movie out. Both Vic and I got to see the rough cut, and we agree it was rough, but uh, uh, there's a lot of great potential to it, a lot of good doctrine, very sound doctrine. It's very true to the left-behind books that Tim LaHaye and Jerry B. Jenkins wrote. And uh, we think that uh, if you get a chance, go ahead and see it and bring us someone who doesn't understand the rapture, doesn't know Jesus. It's, it'd be a good outreach. So only four days over this this weekend will be the left behind. There'll probably be another Fathom event showing if it's popular. And then so if you missed it, you can check on it later. And of course, eventually it'll be streaming and on DVD. So again, new uh, left behind movie with Kevin Sorbo as Rayford Steele. And uh, I think the movie will bless you. Nathan, that's a very good point. I had the opportunity this weekend to teach a Bible prophecy basics course, and we had three students graduate, and they really didn't know a lot about the Bible, but I encourage them to go see this movie because it is a great way for people to uh, understand a little more about the subject matter, but it's nice when you actually see a movie that ties things together. Absolutely. And, you know, on that note, Vic, why don't you tell folks how they can connect with your Calvary Chapel Aventura College or university? Oh, Nathan, thank you so much. Yeah, they can simply just search for cca.university and uh, they will find our phone number 305-992-9537. And anybody that's interested in the basics of Bible prophecy course, uh, we tie it well with the book that Dr. Reagan wrote regarding that as well in our book, The Mighty Angels of Revelation. And we use those, we use those materials as the workbooks. Uh, and uh, it just gives people a wonderful opportunity to learn the basics of prophecy the book of Revelation, an overview, an overview of Daniel, signs of the times. And, and at the end, people really feel more connected because we have small group Q&A type of teaching. And it's a lot of fun, very interactive. But yeah, they can find more information at cca.university or they can go to hold of us and we'll teach those courses uh, hybrid uh, uh, at a church or small groups. Uh, just ways, Nathan, like you, like you and I have always been doing to encourage people to learn prophecy and the wonderful news of the Lord's soon return. So thank you for that. Oh, no, thank you. I, I just saw the last group of uh, students of yours to get certificates. So uh, what a great outreach. And it is, Nathan. And, and much like uh, what we're doing here, this is just outreaches for people to um, uh, invest a little time, resources, but it's all well worth it. So that's why I want to encourage you guys also check us out here at Christ in Prophecy and all the wonderful resources. And Nate, one of the greatest resources that you and I have been putting together for over a year is we've been making our way through the book of Ezekiel. And uh, it's been a fascinating book. We've gotten some really wonderful reviews. Those that have been following us and, and the podcast. And uh, we find ourselves in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 21. Again, as the prophet Ezekiel continues uh, to bring these messages from the Lord uh, to God's people uh, with the hope of them repenting and turning from their sins. And that's why the message for today is the mighty sword of God. And we're going to continue looking at that a little deeper uh, in the book of Ezekiel. But Nathan, a little background, right? Ezekiel, he's um, he's one of these captives uh, uh, and um, also the children of Israel. They're going through a disciplinary uh, period, if you will, because of their disobedience. And we find that they go through this up and down 
peaks and valleys of obeying God and disobeying the Lord. And God brings different prophets uh, to bring messages of correction to them. And that's kind of like where we are in chapter 21 in the book of Ezekiel, in case someone wasn't part of our studies before. Yes, uh, we're about, uh, uh, let's see, about 600 B.C. Uh, the Jewish people for generations have been rebelling against God. God sent them the prophets and they, they ignored him, if not killed them. Uh, he sent messages. He sent disasters. He, everything he could to say, hey, you're living evil. You got to stop it. Uh, you know, come back to me in repentance and re refresh and revive that relationship we had. But they continue to rebel. And so as Moses, one of his last messages promised, he said, if you keep rebelling against God, he will exile you out of the land. So by this point in Israel's history, the northern 10 tribes had already been exiled away by the Assyrians. And now the Babylonians under Nebuchadnezzar are pretty much removed everybody out of Judah. It's only Jerusalem left. The city's under siege. And the elders are asking Ezekiel the prophet, uh, you know, what's God's message? And so we read in previous chapters, God said, hey, you know, this is the reason. And you want me to come help you? I'm sorry. It's too late. Exile, you will go. And so now we're in chapter 21 and God's comparing himself to a sword that's destroying the rest of the nation of Judah. So the God may be using the Babylonians, but he's the one wielding the sword and he wants his people to understand that. Excellent point. And, Nathan, and that's why we want to encourage people to follow along with us, because we we find here different ways that God is speaking to his people. Sometimes he uses Ezekiel to share parables or, he, or he'll ask Ezekiel to act certain things out. But the idea is he's trying to get their attention and what's coming. And I just believe, Nathan, that uh, that individuals today need to recognize that, yes, God is a God of love, but then God is also a God of judgment and order. Uh, for those that are walking contrary to him. And we want to invite anyone that has a Bible to follow along with us in Ezekiel 21 as we look at verses 8 uh, through 13. Nathan, would you be able to open us up by reading verses 8 through 10 uh, through 11, and I'll do 12 and 13? Absolutely. I, before we do that, though, let me tag on to something you said there, because I thought that was very good, that God's a God of judgment. And he is because he's a God of justice. And what better way to show love than to bring justice to the oppressed, the afflicted, those who are suffering from evil. And what happens when the very people of God become the afflictors? They become the evil ones. Well, God's dealing with it. So when people say, oh, you know, God is judgment and angry in the Old Testament. Well, yeah, he's showing love by bringing justice. And that's what we're learning here. Again, the, I'll give you guys the end of the story here. The purpose is to create a remnant of people, of Jewish people, who believe in God and turn their hearts back to him so they can rebuild their nation through them. So that's it, the purpose of this. So anyway, let me get back here. Verse eight, it says, again, the word of the Lord came to me saying, son of man, prophesy and say, thus says the Lord, say a sword, a sword is sharpened and also polished, sharpened to make a dreadful slaughter, polished to flash like lightning. Should we then make mirth? It despises the scepter of my son as it does all wood. Verse 11, and he has given it to be polished. Wow. That it may be handled. This sword is sharpened and it is polished to be given unto the hand of the slayer. Verse 12, cry and wail, son of man, for it will be against my people, against all the prince of Israel. Therefore, including the sword will be against my people. Therefore, strike 
your thigh because it is a testing. And what if the sword despises even the scepter? The scepter shall be uh, no more. Nathan, this is a powerful passage. I mean, when you think about a sword, we know uh, throughout the Bible, of course, the sword is that instrument uh, of war, uh, instrument of judgment. And there's so many references uh, throughout the Bible uh, about a sword, uh, about this weapon. Uh, today, I guess we can liken that into one of the most destructive firearm type of deals. But this is what's coming. Uh, uh, this is what God is going to be using uh, to bring about uh, repentance. Good point. And there's actually two uh, tools here we can see. There's a sword, obviously, but there's also the scepter. And, you know, we know the scepter was the staff of a king or a ruler. That was usually gold. And who held the scepter also held the ruling authority over the people. And so what, what God is saying here is, okay, the sword of judgment is coming against you, but your scepter shall be no more. In other words, you as a nation will no longer have power over yourselves for the foreseeable future. So what will happen is that the Jewish people will no longer be self-ruling. Eventually, the, uh, of course, the Babylonians will be victorious because we know in 586 BC, Nebuchadnezzar finally destroyed Jerusalem and exiled the remaining Jewish people out of the land to Babylon. Eventually, the Babylonians were overtaken by the Medo-Persians, and Israel was, or the lands that used to be Israel were controlled by the Medo-Persians, eventually the Greeks, and then the Romans, and then the Jewish people were dispersed for 2,000 years. So it really hasn't been since 1948 when Israel became a nation again and became under self-rule. So we're talking about well over 2,000 years that the Jewish people had lost the scepter. But now, in our day and age, they have the scepter again. So as we get into later chapters of Ezekiel, uh, that will be made more apparent because the, the prophecies will show the story of how Israel will become a nation again. But at this point in Israel's history, after hundreds of years of self-rule, no more. They will now be ruled by foreigners. Mm. And Nathan, I hope the, those that are following along with us could catch the severity and the importance of this, because I mean, when when you look at verse nine, it talks about the sword is sharpened and, and also polished. And I used to have a sword that I used to keep. I bought it at a swap shop, but it was a very cool sword. It was like one of those ancient swords, those big ones. And I remember when shine this sword and I will hang it on the wall. It was just impressive and threatening. And I see that here in verse nine. In other words, the sword is sharpened and it's polished. In other words, this thing is ready to be used. Was it one of those Conan swords? It, yes, it was actually, Nathan. It was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, my brother and I used to do sword collecting when we were in our teens and uh, he had a much bigger collection. Matter of fact, my parents used to worry that the drywall would break off he had so many swords nailed to the walls but yeah man it was fun to pick up swords and a beautiful a lot of works of art of course these are show swords not real swords but you know here the the sword isn't that there's an actual sword whipping around you know israel and destroying the jewish people it was god here is the sword and he's showing you that this is the most incredible sword they ever see because nothing could stand against it not even their scepter 
And Nathan, you know, and a good thing for people, I, you just made a, a comment there that I thought was really cool. People don't, uh, we don't want people to, uh, we want people to understand that here he is using these nations such as Babylon and others as his weapon of war, as a sword. They're coming and they're bringing, taking the people of God into captivity. Many of them are being slaughtered. And as you mentioned earlier, Nathan, sometimes God will use the enemy nations uh, to teach a lesson to God's people because of their rebellion. And it just reminds you of the, what the Bible says in the book of Hebrews, uh, chapter 12, uh, verses 5 and 8, in terms of God's discipline. And it says in Hebrews um, 12, verse 5, And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as sons. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom the father doesn't chasten? But if you are without chastening, of which, which will have become partakers, then you're illegitimate and not sons. And we also want people to see this, right, Nathan, that while God is dealing with his people, He's doing it out of love and care. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've seen parents who have the no parent parenting style. You know, we've all come across. They they never they don't really ever discipline their children. They treat them as friends. And what do they grow up to be? Monsters. I mean, very few <laughs> of them turning out really good. They have no bounds. Uh, we remember that story a number of years ago with a guy with affluenza, they called it, because he was so affluent. He lacked any kind of real concern or care for people. I mean, that's what not disciplining your children ends up becoming. Now, we don't discipline them for the sake of enjoying discipline, because who does, uh, who rightly should do. It's because we want them to become good people, moral people, to know the difference between right and wrong. God's our Heavenly Father, so he's going to treat us the same. as If he's not disciplining us in our lives, then he's not really a good father and he doesn't care about us. So, But when discipline does come in our lives, we learn from it, we repent, we get right back on course again, and we learn and do the right thing. So it's a good thing when the Lord disciplines us, right, Vic? Oh, man, I, I think it's fantastic. And I, I have to say, uh, and, and as a parent, I'm sorry. I, I wouldn't yeah. use the word fantastic because it's no fun to go through it, right? <laughs> No, 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 exactly. No, not at all. What I meant to say was the lessons that I learned are fantastic. Not going yeah. through. I, I guess what it was, I had a flashback when I had to discipline my children. That's what it is. And I remember the crying and the moaning. Uh, we use like a little <laughs> A little cor correction stick, like the Bible says uh, in the book of, of Proverbs, that we're to correct the children. And every time they would just see that discipline stick, they would start running around and crying like if you were uh, killing them. Yet you hadn't even touched them. But just the reality of using something to discipline, it showed that you care, but you also wanted to correct them. Well worked, man. You have three of the godliest uh, grown adults, uh, good, strong Christian leaders that I've ever met. So uh, you didn't spare the rod and spoil the child. No, no. And Nathan, actually, it's kind of fun because now I see my children also using the rod to discipline their children. Oh, and as you yeah. mentioned, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's great. Uh, you passed it along.
Exactly. We pass the, the, those uh, biblical uh, uh, points to our children, and now they're able to pass it on to our grandchildren. But the wonderful thing is, like, as you mentioned earlier, discipline is a wonderful thing because uh, it keeps things in order and it keeps things in check. And can you imagine, Nathan, uh, if, if, uh, if we didn't have a way to keep society or sin in check. If we say, well, you know what, we're not, close down the police stations. We don't need that anymore. We're, we're not going to uh, uh, put criminals away. We're just going to talk to them and counsel them, right? Well, we know what will happen in society. So sometimes just having that disciplinary tools available, law enforcement uh, uh, and, and as such, is to keep things in order. And, and that's why God ordained uh, certain uh, authorities because otherwise this world will be a mess, worse than what it is now. Yeah, I mean, these terrible parents that never disciplined their children are now governors and DAs. And we're seeing states like Washington, for instance, this year drop bail. So, you know, it's like now any criminal just run away without any kind of connection to coming back for their court case. We've seen Antifa rise. We've been listening to these stories in Georgia, you know, lawless children a lot of them from wealthy, affluent families who have no discipline whatsoever. And they're living in tree houses in the woods and creating their own autonomous zones. And they're anarchists. It, you, I saw one of them uh, recently he got arrested in Georgia and he kept sticking his tongue out at the cops like he was a five year old. I mean, these are the kind of little monsters you create when you don't show them proper discipline and proper love. And uh, so it's a very biblical theme because it's a theme that works. And, and Nathan, and not only that, but sometimes, you know, people forget that, you know, Jesus Christ, uh, he died, he rose again, he was crucified, he rose again, but uh, he went to, he's at the right hand of the Father. But the, the Jesus that we're going to see uh, as Christians, when we see him face to face, or when the world gets a glimpse of the Jesus that's coming back. It's not going to be the same Jesus riding lowly on a donkey. The Bible says it's going. he's going to be a warrior and he's going to come with judgment. And the Bible speaks over and over in the book of Revelation how out of his mouth comes a sharp sword. And again, when, when we speak of sword, it means he means business. And one of the passages, Nathan, is Revelation chapter 1, verse 16, well, we have this amazing description of the glorified Jesus. Would you be able to read that verse, Nathan, for us in case someone doesn't have a Bible in Revelation 1.16? Oh, that's a great verse, Vic, because it really connects with the Ezekiel that we just read about the sword going through Israel. So here's another description of the sword, but a first person is Jesus. Verse 16 says, he, Christ, had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was like the sun shining in its strength. Mm. And Nathan, sometimes people forget we're talking about the same God, the Old Testament, the New Testament, you know, and, and, and just the Bible describes how the sword is going to be implemented and used even by the word of God. And one passage that is just amazing is Revelation chapter 19 verses 11 through 15 and of course that is the second coming of the lord but nathan what a what a reality check that picture is of when jesus comes back to judge sin how he is going to come back to this earth and nathan for someone who doesn't have a bible can we take them there to revelation 19 and look at verses uh, 11 through 15 and if you if you wouldn't mind you can read verses um uh, 11 through uh 
uh, 14, and I'll just do verses uh, 15 for those that are following along with us. Uh, hey, would you mind reading the whole thing? I, I'm starting to lose my voice here, and I don't want people to get lost. As I, I'm trying to get... I would love to. So, oh, so for those, yeah, for those of you that, that have a Bible handy, follow along with us as we're going to be journeying into Revelation chapter 19. Again, talking about uh, the sword of the Lord and the judgment that is coming. It says, now I saw heaven open and behold, a white horse. And he who sat on him was called faithful and true. And in his righteousness, he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies of heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should strike the nations, and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and the wrath of the almighty God. And Nathan, that wow. is just an amazing picture of what this Jesus that uh, is going to return uh, to judge sin, what he's really going to look like. Yeah, you think about uh, Jesus kind of let his divinity shine through it on the transfiguration, you know, when the three of the apostles got to see Jesus with Moses and Elijah and he let slip a little the the human side of him paled compared to the divine side of him. And here we've got Jesus returning to this earth in full divinity. I mean, he's still both man and the divine and all in one. But I mean, what a terrifying concept. I mean, if you're if you're one of his children, then it's a wonderful thing because you're following him and seeing this. I mean, it's, it blows any kind of superhero movie away. I mean, he's the ultimate creator of the universe, and he's coming like this warrior king to defeat evil and set up his kingdom. But if you're in front of Jesus and he's coming for you, man, that would be the most terrifying thing I could possibly imagine. Nathan, that's a great point, because as we tie this to uh, Ezekiel chapter 21, you know, the, 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 the sword is being sharpened for a reason. In other words, is to bring uh, correction, is to bring fear, is to bring attention uh, to people's sins and their lifestyles. Today, I believe, Nathan, people need to recognize the same thing. People think that God is going to let them get away with their lifestyles and their sins and whatever they're doing. But remember, those that God loves, he's, he corrects. And my prayer is that if that's you and you're on the wrong side of the fence, we want to give an opportunity to come to the right side of the fence. We don't want you to find yourself in the judgment of God, but we want you to find yourself in the grace of God. And that is an important thing because we believe the Lord is coming back soon. And next time we meet him, we want to be able to meet him in the clouds, not meet him as the judge with the sword coming out of his mouth. And Nathan, that's why you and I will always give an invitation, right? In case someone doesn't know the Lord, to give him an opportunity to come to Christ while there is still time. Would you be able, Nathan, to speak to that person out there that doesn't know Jesus, how they can get on the right side with him and come to know him personally today? Well, absolutely. <coughs> Excuse me, I'll try. <coughs> Um, because it's so important to understand that that your whole life, your eternal life, rests on a decision whether you accept Christ's salvation or not. Uh, Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins. He was the perfect sinless sacrifice. And when you put your faith and trust in him, 
his sacrifice covers his blood covers your sins and then when we stand before god one day he can see us as purified and holy a perfect god reunited with a purified uh, son and daughter and so that's the only way they can do that is by putting your faith and trust in jesus christ and if you you're ready to do that you haven't done that yet and you feel the holy spirit tugging on your heart then uh, right now bend a knee and pray right from the heart something like Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I know I've rebelled against you. Uh, please forgive me. I want you to be my Savior and Lord. And Jesus will forgive your sins. The guilt of your sins will be washed away, and you will inherit eternal life with him. Praise, praise the Lord. Thank you, Nathan. And if you just, uh, wherever you are, bow your knee, like Nathan said, hey, we would love to hear from you. Let us know. Give us a call at 305-992-9537 or check us out at Christ in Prophecy. Reach out to us. We would love to give you a Bible and a Bible study guide to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus. And that's what this is all about, avoiding that sharp sword of judgment that is coming. And by you putting your trust in Jesus, the next time you see him, you're going to see him in his glorified state, welcoming you uh, into heaven. And Nathan, that's why we love to do these, do these programs. Really, it's just to bring uh, a revelation to people who God is, how much he loves them, and what a wonderful plan he has for their lives. Absolutely. Uh, again, as we've been saying, the, those who the Lord chastises, he loves, and he loves you, and he wants you to come to him. And so we pray that you did that today. Praise the Lord. And of course, again, we would love for you to also find a good church where you can plug into and be baptized and let them know that you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Well, Nathan, what an awesome program we have. Always, like always, thank you so much for joining me and sharing the wonderful invitation for people out there. Oh, it was a joy. God bless you all. Awesome, man. Of course, we ran out of time for this segment of the program, but we thank you for being part of it. And keep your eyes on Jesus. He is coming back soon. Vic Batista, Nathan Joyce, Jones saying goodbye. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. Have a wonderful week. says in John 3:16 that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life.